Well, welcome everybody to the Water Cooler. I'm David Brody. It is Monday, November 9th, uh, 2020. All right, look, so here's a question for you. What universe are you operating in today? Have you been sucked into the liberal media universe that is proclaiming Joe Biden as president-elect, complete with the drapes being measured? Or are you in the red Trump orbit that says, hold on a minute, there's no official winner here at all yet, and you're praying for an electoral miracle. Now, as for the Biden camp, they're out waving their flags, honking their horns. But is it premature? Is it premature celebration? Nothing has been certified. So they're essentially celebrating the liberal media, cra uh, basically crowning a liberal candidate as president. That's original. Phenomenal. And of course, the media has all these headlines proclaiming Biden wins. But they clearly are blowing off two important factors. Number one, President Trump hasn't conceded anything yet. And this is most likely headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, and how about this one? Remember President Al Gore? We've got the map. Remember when the media had projected him as the winner back in 2000? Let's zoom in. Oh, look at that. 271, 271. How did that work out for Al? You can call him Al, but you can't call him president. Uh, speaking of Al Gore, check this out from 2000, where he was sounding a whole lot like Donald Trump, actually, where he said that every vote should be counted before he would concede to George W. Bush. This morning, we have proposed to the court in Tallahassee a plan to have all the ballots counted in seven days, starting tomorrow morning, and to have the court proceedings fully completed one or two days after that. Let me repeat the essence of our proposal today. Seven days starting tomorrow for a full and accurate count of all the votes. Once we have that full and accurate count of the ballots cast, then we will know who our next president is and our country can move forward. Unfortunately, just about an hour ago, Governor Bush's lawyers rejected this proposal. Instead, they have proposed two weeks of additional court proceedings and additional hearings right up to the December 12th deadline for seating electors. And under their plan, none of the thousands of votes that remain to be counted would be counted at all. I believe this is a time to count every vote and not to run out the clock. Huh. Count every vote. Sounds familiar. We have much to discuss and dissect, but first let's begin with Chairwoman of the GOP out in Arizona, Dr. Kelly Ward. Uh, Dr. Ward, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, it's great to be here. It's a historic time in our nation's history, and uh, I'm here to be a warrior in this battle. Well, and speak about being that warrior, give us the latest there in Arizona in terms of the vote count and the legal issues at play. What's, what's happening, Kelly? Uh, so much is happening here on the ground. We have not finished the initial vote count here in our state, and it is a razor-thin margin. There are close to 100,000 votes still out there, and the the president is down by less than 17,000 votes. So this state is still in play, without a doubt. So it was very unfortunate, very premature, and in my opinion, outright wrong for news outlets to call Arizona for Biden. Let's get right to it regarding Fox News. How is disappointed the word that they call that early or what's the word you would use for it exactly? Well, you know, I'm not blaming all of Fox News. I'm blaming their Democrat run 
decision desk. The person in charge of that decision desk is a Biden supporter, a Clinton donor, and in my opinion, a political hack. Because anyone who would be willing to call a state like ours in Arizona, when there were more than a million votes still out there to be counted, can't be called anything else. So it is disappointing. It was wrong. Uh, but I, I would urge people not to blame Fox. Uh, overall, there are great people that are on Fox, but that decision desk definitely needs some help. Kelly, take me through the process now. Where are we going to go this week on this? So what, what's the timetable here? What should people expect in terms of the vote count? And we'll get to the legal stuff in a moment. What about the vote count? Any sense of when this might be wrapped up? Well, we keep hearing it's going to be done, uh, you know, Friday night. It's going to be done Saturday. It's going to be done Sunday. Maybe it's going to be done today, completed. The issue here is that we don't actually know how many ballots actually were cast in our state. And I think that that is um, a ding on the Secretary of State and on the county recorder in Maricopa County in particular. In Maricopa County, that's where Phoenix is, for those of you out there who don't know. It's the biggest Republican county in the entire nation, and it's run by a Democrat. And they decided to do vote voter center voting rather than precinct level voting. And voters were able to just get a ballot on demand. They could have it printed. So we don't know how many ballots are out there. I'm an advocate of pre-printing ballots, numbering them, knowing which numbers have been used and which numbers have not, so that the ones that have not can be destroyed. And we count only ballots that are legally cast on election day or in the early voting period beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, this is open to fraud. This is open to corruption. And we have to get to the bottom of it. What, what is your issues or what are the issues legally out there? I know the Trump campaign has uh, filed some lawsuits, but, but what's happening specifically in terms of what voters need to understand? Yes, I, as the chairwoman of the Republican Party of Arizona, am a party to the first lawsuit that's been filed here in Arizona regarding voter disenfranchisement based on inappropriate direction given to the voter by poll workers in Maricopa County and perhaps elsewhere. We have signed affidavits, sworn affidavits from voters who had something wrong with their ballot, such as an overcount. So they voted for too many people in one of the races. The machines are supposedly programmed to spit those ballots out. And the poll worker should say, oh, sir, ma'am, there, there's a problem with your ballot. It appears you have an overvote. We can spoil this ballot and give you a new one so you can start again. Instead, the poll workers were telling the voters, oh, just put it back in and push the green button. The green button was the override button in this case on these machines in Maricopa County. Um, so when they pushed the green button, it went through and whatever race they had a problem with on their ballot, their vote would not count. So that is disenfranchisement, plain and simple. And we're going to make sure that every legally cast ballot in the way that the voter intended is counted the right way. Kelly, any sense of how widespread that is or any sort of numbers on that? Or is it hard to tell? Well, we've had thousands of complaints. So we are investigating each and every one so that we make sure that everyone's ballot is, is counted appropriately. I would love to see an audit of those ballots. I'd love to see an audit of many of the ballots because I worry about the machines, the Dominion and the ESS systems that we have here. Dominion is only used in this large county in Maricopa. 
We're seeing problems in Georgia. We're seeing problems in Wisconsin. We're seeing problems in Michigan. We're seeing problems in Pennsylvania with that very same uh, machine as well as software. So we have to make sure that we're looking at the ballots to know what the intent of the voter is rather than trusting electronics and computers to do it for us. Kelly, how would that work exactly in terms of moving forward? Let's just say, well, if Trump wins the state, he wins the state, but what happens if he comes up short? Then what would happen? An audit that you're talking about or a recount, recanvassing? How does this work? Right. Well, I don't feel comfortable with simply running the same ballots through the same machines with the same software, because, right. for example, in these overvotes, if you put it in and the machine takes it, those votes still aren't going to be able to be counted. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to look at them. We're going to have to have human eyes on these ballots to assure people that we have an open, transparent, fair election and that this election has integrity. Kelly, there are a lot of Trump supporters uh, hoping and praying for whatever you want to call it, uh, a win, a victory, a miracle, call it whatever you want. Uh, what do you tell those Trump supporters uh, as it relates to things that they can do? Because I know a lot of them feel frustrated that they're sitting at home kind of watching this unfold and uh, feel a little bit helpless uh, or hopeless at times. What can they do? Number one, I would say do not lose heart. This is far, far from over. Shore up your spine, shore up your ability to uh, ignore the fake news media who already have called a president when not one state, not one state has yet certified an election. That in itself is very, very irresponsible. You can attend rallies if you are interested in that. You can help to cure ballots up until tomorrow at 5 p.m. here in Arizona. So if people, uh, our Republican ballots are out there, they're provisional and people need to show their ID if they had a problem with their signature, help us collect them. We would love to have that. You can go to azgop.com to find out how to do it. But most importantly, turn off the mainstream media. They are not telling you the truth. They are um, attempting to make you feel downtrodden. They're, they're attempting to make you want to reach out to people to say, well, do we have a chance? Yes, we have a chance. And there's never a wrong time to fight for what's right. So, so buckle up, people. No matter where you are in the country, we're in for a long haul. And I think when it comes down to it, President Trump is going back to the White House for four more years. Kelly Ward, uh, Dr. Ward, really great to uh, speak with you out there in Arizona. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Great to see you. All right. Uh, that's Dr. Kelly Ward, the chairwoman of the Arizona uh, GOP, the GOP in Arizona. Call it whatever you want. The bottom line is uh, she's not playing around. You know, she ran against Martha McSally. Uh, back, what was it now, four years ago in the Senate race there and uh, did very well. Uh, and so she's obviously a player out there in Arizona and she is taking a bullhorn out there, literally taking a bullhorn. We've seen some video of it uh, and we're going to be joined also a little later in the show by Brooke McGowan, who is also out there. She's with the Maggot Institute. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to a, boy, a good friend of mine. I haven't seen him in a while. Can't wait to see him. Hopefully he'll show up. No, just kidding. He will. Uh, I hope. Uh, former Senator Jim DeMint, who's got a few things to say about the upcoming Senate races in Georgia and, of course, the presidential race. Back in a moment. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, it is Monday, November 9th. And according to the media, at least, uh, it's going to be Joe Biden, who is the president elect. But everybody in MAGA land is like, wait a minute, hold on for a second. Uh, the Supreme Court and a few other folks might have something to say about it. Uh, let's bring in a, a good friend. I haven't seen him in a while. Brings me back to my Capitol Hill days. Uh, former U.S. Senator Jim DeMint from South Carolina. Uh, Senator DeMint, great to see you again. David, it's good to meet you at the water cooler, and we've got a lot of interesting things to talk about. We sure do. And I want to get to, listen, I don't want to bury the lead, which is, of course, your book, but don't worry, I'll come back to it. Uh, But I I do want to ask first, obviously, about the presidential election and kind of your overall view as to what we saw transpire here in the last few days. Well, David, there's no question in my mind that uh, a lot of states didn't follow their own election laws, a lot of verifiable um, uh, irregularities in in what was done. There's certainly enough evidence out there to pursue this a little further. And everyone needs to remember that the media cannot decide an election. That has to be done by the Electoral College. That won't be done until they meet. It it won't be right away and until late uh, states certify the election. But I suspect in the meantime, there's uh, enough evidence for there to be legal contest. And, And I'm interested in this, David, not just because I'm biased politically, we need to resolve in our country uh, whether our elections are fair or not. And if we ignore this evidence and just push it under the rug and go to the next election, I think more and more Americans are gonna lose confidence in in our whole system of government. Uh, And and that's pretty much where I am right now because uh, I I believe with all my heart that President Trump won the in-person voting on election day. Mm-hmm. And all the other things, the mail-in ballots, um, the absentee ballots, uh, some of it obviously was legitimate, but I know a number of people who were mailed several copies of, uh, uh, without requesting them, ballots in the mail. Uh, there's a lot we need to deal with here, and I just encourage Americans right now to just pray for our country, pray that every legitimate vote is counted honestly. Uh, we don't have to pray about who's going to win, but that every legitimate vote is counted honestly. Yeah, I do want to ask you a little bit about, you mentioned the election system and, and people have confidence in our election system. What can be done? I mean, it seems like some serious changes obviously need to take place. I mean, this just can't continue like what we saw. No, David, for years we've kind of laughed at the idea of uh, dead people in Chicago voting, but it's become much better organized and much better a plan than, than it's ever been. And So we have to have confidence in our elections. Otherwise, we're not going to have any respect for our government officials. And and as the leading free country in the world, it is unacceptable that we cannot have elections without serious questions of of voter fraud. Again, it's been going on for years. There's some people in jail for uh, voter fraud. But, David, what disturbs me the, the most is we cannot pursue this in a bipartisan way because The Democrats do not want election integrity, at least as we would define it. Uh, They oppose uh, verifiable identification. They oppose in-person voting. Uh, They want non-citizens and illegals to vote. They want convicted felons to vote from prison. They want 16-year-olds to vote. Mm -hmm. And they don't want anybody watching the counting in, in these areas that they, and particularly the swing states. So it's not like we can find bipartisan uh, partners here to work together to fix the election system, because I'm convinced 
The left knows they cannot win elections anymore with their crazy ideas unless they cheat. Senator, what is your advice to some Trump supporters out there that might feel despondent, like a list, an action item list? What can they do? What are some things that, that, that they might feel frustrated that they're, they're seeing uh, an election that they believe will, has been stolen from them? What, what, what can they do right now? Well, we, we need to be civil. We don't need to become like the left. But what we do need to do is call our congressmen, our Republican congressmen, our Republican senators, and encourage them to stay strong. What we're starting to see here is the, the, the kind of weak-kneed Republicans starting to say, let's just go on past this. Uh, let's uh, accept defeat, not be sore losers. This is not about being sore losers. This is about looking at a system that's not working. So what we need to do more than anything else is encourage our Republican representatives to stand strong through this legal process, regardless of how it comes out. It is very legitimate for Trump and his team to look into these irregularities and see if they can get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Let me ask you about your book, uh, which kind of plays into a lot of this. But you have a book, obviously, it's called They're Lying to You, 10 Lies That Shape Your Truth. Tell me a little bit about it and maybe how it relates to some of what we're discussing here today. Well, we're dealing with something, uh, David, today that's very different than when I first came to Congress 20 years ago. There were a number of Democrats at the time you could work with uh, on things because we agreed generally on the facts. I mean, our realities were the same world. We, we might disagree on the role of government, but now it's different. It, it's really stunning that the left has created a whole false reality, a whole different worldview based on lies. And these lies like uh, religion is hate, America is racist, climate change is, is our biggest threat, the Constitution is unnecessary and outdated. A lot of these lies, are, I mean, all of them pretty much are being taught in our public schools and universities, they're accepted by our media, but we, we can't have a free country based on lies. As we know from a, a, a biblical perspective, it's the truth that sets people free. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that, it's, it's lies when you accept them that enslave you. And, and so we have started accepting these absurdities. For instance, like, I mean, we've heard a lot of it with the coronavirus, David. Certainly it's a, it's a health uh, concern. But to shut down our country for something that primarily affects older people with serious conditions uh, did not make any sense at all. And a lot of the statistics we've gotten about it have not been correct. So this book is, we're giving it away free. You can find it on, um, if you just Google uh, lying to you, it'll come up. Uh, Amazon selling the paperback for six or $7. Uh, the Kindle is like 99 cents. So we're, we're not trying to make any money. We're giving away as many as yeah. we can. Americans need to know the truth, and particularly Christians and conservatives need to know how to defend the truth and oppose these absurd lies that they're asking us to accept today. Senator DeMitt, always great to see you. I want to have you come back on and we'll talk more about prayer and God and all of this because I know obviously you're a praying man, a faithful man, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering about God in the midst of all of this election chaos. So I'd love to have you back. Thank you. And God's in control. We just need, need to pray and be faithful. Uh, this country has been given to us. We're stewards. Yep. Prayer is our best weapon right now. Amen. Senator DeMitt, thanks again. Appreciate it. All right. When we come back, uh, ABC News political director Rick Klein. We've got a few questions for folks in the media. Back in a moment with our friend Rick.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, let's get the media's perspective on everything that's going down. We've heard from uh, former Senator Jim DeMint. We've heard from Kelly Ward out in Arizona. Uh, we got a lot of things going on in the show, a lot of moving parts, as we like to say. Uh, ABC News political director Rick Klein uh, with us. We're going to call him a, fr- a friend of the show. I don't know if he thinks he's a friend. I mean, you are a friend of the show, Rick. Thanks for being here, by the way. Thank you, David. We've known each other a long time, a lot of election cycles. Oh, for sure. Uh, You're still not out of this one, I guess, technically. Uh, I guess I want to ask, how's the sleep factor going, which you could probably address. But uh, tell me overall about what your what your thoughts are. Here we are about about a week after the election or so. Yeah, it was it's fascinating. You know, in in my role, uh, I'm obviously part of our election coverage uh, in front of the in front of the camera as as well as behind the scenes. So, you know, I was talking, you know, consistently to our decision desk throughout and you know, trying to get the best read of what uh, of what was going on in real time on Tuesday night and into Wednesday morning. You know, I think we were off there at 5 a.m. and back on at 7 a.m. on on Wednesday. And then, you know, last week was sort of a blur of uh, of a very slow and deliberate vote counting that happened in, in multiple states. And you know, we were in a position on on Saturday morning, um, along with the other major news organizations, major major networks, to to make a projection uh, around Pennsylvania, which of course put Joe Biden over the top at 270 electoral votes. So, you know, we're in a bit of a weird period now, where uh, we we are labeling and, and referring to Joe Biden as the president elect. President Trump uh, is not accepting that. Um, he's got various lawsuits that uh, that aim to 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 change some of the equation in in, in a bunch of states. But uh, we're, we're very confident in where our projection landed and nothing. We haven't seen any vote count since then that that changes any of that. Uh, but uh, we're, we're kind of covering these parallel tracks right now. So, Rick, my my issue with the media's coverage hasn't been the projections. I mean, it's done forever. I get that. But but here's the thing. I mean, not that it's apples to apples with Gore, Bush Gore back in 2000, but there were 37 days where this was playing out in the courts. And I get it. It was Florida. I know that I know the differences. Florida, Broward County, four counties. It was smaller scale. But the truth of the matter is that the media, at least, was kind of in this limbo. What's going to happen exactly? Whereas here, uh, it's like. The media, I just feel like the media's coverage is like, oh, we're just going to kind of blow off Trump's lawsuits. We're covering it, but we're, we're not really covering it. I mean, it's kind of moving on to President-elect Biden, and it's like nothing to see here. I don't know. It just feels very different, Rick. It, it is different. But I, what, to me, what's different is the math. You know, in, in, forget, forget mm-hmm. the Broward County and all those details. You know, we were talking about one state that would have put either candidate over 270 electoral votes and a, a margin that ended up being about 500 votes. That's mm-hmm. an unbelievably crazy set of circumstances, very remote. And I think we're all, I, I thought a lot about Florida and kind of thought we might be in a, in a post, post, uh, post 2000 election kind of situation now. Uh, but what's different now is we're talking about multiple states um, where you'd have to overturn the, the, the current vote count in four or five states. And the vote margins are between 10,000 in Georgia up to what, you know, 50,000 or so in Michigan is probably end up somewhere similar in Pennsylvania. So all of those things would have to get overturned. And I've covered recounts before. You've mm-hmm. covered recounts before. It's very pl- possible, if not plausible, that there's a couple hundred votes 
uh, in, in any given state that um, that are either you know improperly counted or should have been counted or still coming in. In many cases, there's still you know military ballots, absentee ballots, overseas ballots that are still coming in in some states like North Carolina. So it's possible that you know if the margin was you know 500 votes or 200 votes in multiple states, it'd be different. But the reason that we felt comfortable making a projection is that based on the data that we have, based on the math that we have. Nothing's going to change that result. That doesn't mean that a court can't step in and, and change it. But even if you look, David, at the lawsuits that have been filed, there isn't any lawsuit that the, that, that the Trump campaign as of now is pursuing that would substantially change the vote count as it stands. I mean, they made a lot about this Pennsylvania issue. Mm -hmm. As you know, though, that that only covers ballots received after Election Day. Mm -hmm. And the counts that we've seen and the counts that we made the projection on didn't even include those numbers. If, mm -hmm. if, the, if they're pro-Biden numbers, Biden number would go up, but they, they're not going to be relevant at all. So mm -hmm. I, I get it. And I understand why people that, that supported President Trump, frankly, are frustrated and, and, and angry and mistrustful. The other thing I'd say, David, is that, you know, if we're wrong, then th then the Trump campaign can prove it in court. You know, our projections and the way that we handle this doesn't ultimately matter if states come back and certify winners in a different direction. The way our system works, and you're very familiar with it, I know, is that every state conducts its own election, every state certifies its own election, uh, names its own electors, and sends them to the Electoral College to be ratified by Congress. It's a, it's a throwback of a system that's worked for 240-something years. Mm -hmm. And it, it, whatever, wh however we cover, whatever we say about it, that's it. So we're, you know, we're digging in on every one of these lawsuits. We're talking to the lawyers of the Trump team. We're very interested if they have some evidence they want to bring forward or they can mm -hmm. bring forward in a court of law or through the media. We're yeah. all ears on it, but the, the math is the math. Uh, I do wonder, though, about the evidence. You know, we, I've heard a lot in the media, Rick, about, well, where's the evidence? Where's the, but, but that's, is it, are they not in the uh, area right now of collecting the evidence, the affidavits? I mean, we're seeing some of that already trickle out. I mean, I guess it just feels like it's a rush to, you know, it's over. And we, we have a president that has not conceded the race, and we have Dominion voting system uh, where we know for a fact it was wrong in one state. We know it's also used in Maricopa County and other places. I guess I'm just wondering, why there's not more. I'm just talking about balance, Rick. I don't mean balance in terms of bias. I'm just talking about balance in terms of coverage, about a little bit more on the lawsuit stuff and a little bit more on, uh, and I'm not even saying the whole stuff with water, uh, what is it, watermarked ballots and all some of the conspiracy theory. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some of the legitimate stuff that's out there. That's all. So hey, look, the legitimate stuff that's out there, I'd love to see it. And our team would love to see it. And our team would love to, mm -hmm. to, to have something definitive to say about it. I mean, I th th that the onus is on a losing candidate, quite yeah. obviously, to, to try to to try to show something was wrong or 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 not honorable or some some kind of a legal standard has to prevail at the end of the day. It's not just that you feel bad that you got less votes. So I'd say if they can if if they're yeah, they're in the process of gathering evidence. Yes. But we've already had judges say this doesn't belong in our courtroom. And, and again, just looking at the basics of the lawsuits so far, there's not anything that's that's that 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 seems likely to overturn the vote. If that changes, you'll see the tone change in a second. Rightfully so. I mean, I, I we would definitely dig in. We are digging in on the stories, and we'd be telling the stories if and when they're true. I mean, you've seen some of the examples, though. They've proven not to be not to be anything close to what they were promised to be in in the first place. So, uh, you know, I think it's been a haphazard effort. Um, to me, it's a more of a political effort than a legal effort. But again, I'm not a judge. Let the judges decide what what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Rick Klein, uh, really great insight from you. I want to have you back at some point to talk about what goes into decision desk night and kind of behind the scenes so people can understand the process. I don't think a lot of people do understand that process, but I can't do it in 22 seconds because I'm up against a break. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, David.
All right, that was great. Good insight, really good insight from Rick Klein. Uh, that's why we have him on the show. Uh, and look, you know, I challenged him a little bit there and said, you know, what's going on with a balance? And once again, I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about bias necessarily. We all know that there, you know, there's media bias out there. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just looking for some fair coverage uh, and some weighted coverage to the other side of the, of the spectrum, which relates to lawsuits and all of the stuff that's out there. And I don't mean the crazy stuff on Twitter or TikTok or anything like that, but let's do some due diligence, and I hope the media will do a little bit more of that. All right, uh, back in a moment with me just continuing to just talk. Back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the uh, water cooler. I was like, what's the name of the show? Oh, that's right, water cooler. It's been a long weekend, if you know what I'm saying. I got stuck in that D.C. traffic. Uh, not that I was on the way to the Biden-Harris stuff outside the White House, but I decided to go to the museum uh, on the day that that all happened. I'm like, what am I thinking? It was like the worst possible move ever. Anyhow, so my brain is a little bit uh, messed up. <laughs> that's not really breaking news, if you know what I'm saying. All right, uh, let's talk about Arizona. We did. Uh, we talked to Kelly Ward, uh, the chairwoman of the GOP in Arizona, at the top of the show. I want to bring in Brooke McGowan uh, with the MAGA Institute, uh, who was here on Friday, and we're here to get another update on the ground from Brooke. Hey, Brooke, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again, David. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Well, tell us uh, from from Friday to today, uh, what's going on? Where are you? Kind of give us a situation of what's happening. Sure. So, of course, we've had the update that the media has called, of course, you know, Joe Biden as presidential elect. But uh, we don't accept that because I've checked the Constitution and I didn't see anywhere that legacy media says they can say who is our president elect. Only the uh, states can say that. So we're waiting right here in the state of Beautiful Arizona. They have, it uh, looks like they're down to about 80,000 votes still to count. Uh, we're within 17,000 still gaining on Joe Biden. I feel confident with the 80,000 that remain that those are going to uh, trend toward President Trump and we're going to see a victory in Arizona. Brooke, give me a sense of the crowd on Friday. We knew it was very boisterous, it was loud. Has there been kind of a, uh, what's, what's the situation now? Does it seem like it's kind of, uh, falling back a little bit after the deflating news on Saturday, or what's your sense? Sure. So Saturday we were at the Capitol for Stop the Steal rally, and then we came right back here where they're doing all of the counting. Uh, they were out here all day yesterday. They were out here all day Saturday. Today they're going to start trickling in out about noon or so because everybody's interested in knowing what is going on behind those doors. We're going to try to keep them accountable, hold them accountable. We are watching you. We, the people, are watching you. Uh, the Trump legal team is on the ground, so we're uh, we're holding out hope that they're you know doing the right thing and that they're holding them to account, and that uh, we'll see the results pretty soon. Hopefully today or tomorrow they'll finish with those eighty thousand. It seems it takes a long time to get one hundred and fifty thousand votes counted, but that's what's that's what's happening. Yeah, what are you expecting then today? Is there going to be a rally, or people will gather again, or what will happen? So what we've been told is every day until every vote is counted. They're meeting here at noon and they're starting to trickle in now. It's pretty slow. Here's the thing, though, David. We all work for a living, right? We can't just come out and protest every single day. So I'm sure after the, the day of uh, work today, then people will be out here making their voices heard. 
Yeah. Let me ask you a little bit about, we talked about this on Friday, and I want to give you a chance to kind of expand on that. You talked about peacefully gathering, uh, and then you, I, and I want to paraphrase you, but you said until peace, until we can't anymore, or something like that. What, what, what are you saying exactly? I mean, you want peaceful gathering, but, but what are you concerned about then exactly? If, if, I mean, I'm assuming peace is, is where you want this to be, but then what happens? Well, I would never speculate on what patriots might do. And that's not my that's not my job. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that there is an ecclesia of patriots, which means the church patriots are getting angry and are getting riled up. And inside churches across the country, everybody is standing up and saying we are not going to stand for this. We're not going to stand for what's called voter fraud. Actually, they're saying there's no widespread voter fraud. And they're using that they're using that comment constantly. I'm not concerned about voter fraud at this point, because that sounds like the onus is on the voter. David, the onus is on the election integrity at this point. We have a broken, corrupt system. It is systemic corruption through those six states that have been listed, and we know it. So there's collusion. This is domestic terrorism in our, in our minds. Mm -hmm. And who do you think is doing that domestic terrorism? Are you blaming election officials, state officials? Who exactly, Brooke? Well, I think that's what the courts are for. I think that's what these cases that are being dropped today by Rudy Giuliani and all of President Trump's legal team that's what they're going to get to the bottom of. You know, we're up against the clock with December 14th being the Electoral College. You know, you, usually when you have a court case, you've got all this time of discovery. They have to, um, they've got to get a hold of all of those machines. There's a lot of things to get in a court case, but we've running out of runway, David. So they're, they know they have to do this really fast and they're on the case. Are you getting any sense that there is, they're compiling a pretty decent amount of evidence in terms of voter fraud or voter irregularities? That's my sense. I know that for the last couple of days here in Maricopa County, they've had a desk or a table set up for people to fill out affidavits if they've had any voter irregularities. That's also happening in other states that we're having issues in. I just learned about this weekend, a woman in California is a student at one of the local colleges there. She is a student with a, a, a security dog or an emotional support dog, mm -hmm. and her dog has an ID for the, for the school, and her dog voted. So we've got all kinds of, all I mean, they had, you remember when Chuck Schumer said the intel agencies had 10 ways from Sunday to get you? Mm -hmm. Looks like they've got about 10 ways from Sunday to get us. They're, they're running many, many schemes at once. So it's our job to keep the fight. Hopefully these court cases can run their course. And we're going to support Donald Trump all the way. He's supported us for four years. It's not time to go wobbly on him now. Well, we remember the wonderful blooper, or maybe it wasn't a blooper, when Joe Biden was talking about how they're running the biggest voter fraud uh, organization in the country or something along those that was lines. No, that was no blooper, David. You know, you know that evil has to express itself. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, uh, Brooke, let me ask you as we wrap up here, I want to ask, uh, there are a lot of uh, frustration, a lot of frustrated Trump supporters out there. They want to do something. They want to feel like, you know, what can they do? They don't want to just sit at home. Uh, you know, yeah, they can right. call the congressman, the whole thing. But but what can kind of right. regular folks do who feel like they're just, right. uh, you know, they're twiddling their thumbs yeah. and they're watching Twitter, but they want to do more than just right. that? Well, the best thing to do is to turn off legacy media, as we said on Friday. Don't be listening to the media that's going to just lie to them. Tell everybody else to turn off legacy media. Stand together. That's what we're doing right here out here in Maricopa County. That's what's happening all across the country. When Donald Trump comes out and says he's going to hold rallies, it sounds like maybe the first is rumored in Atlanta. Go to those rallies. So show him support. Like I said, he's never been wobbly on us. We are going to remain here till the end, David. Brooke McGowan, always great to see you and speak to you. I hope we can check back with you uh, before you go back to work, by the way. So 
<laughs> Thanks, David. Appreciate Thanks. it. God bless. All right. That's Brooke McGowan out there uh, in what I understand to be, this is my sources out there, chilly Phoenix, Arizona. Can we double check the weather out there? I want to say it's like 61 degrees in Phoenix, which is like, I mean, you got to put on a parka uh, if it's 61 in Phoenix. If it's 61 in Phoenix, I'm going to the golf course, FYI, and I'm going in shorts, but that's a whole separate matter. Anyhow, uh, Brooke's very, Brooke, what she's saying is very interesting, and she's kind of mirroring what we heard from Dr. Kelly Ward at the top of the show as it relates to what's happening in Arizona. Uh, there are lawsuits pending. Uh, we know there's lawsuits pending in Michigan and Georgia and Pennsylvania. What have I missed? Wisconsin and on and on. So uh, we'll monitor it all here. Listen, we're going to give you balance here. We're not going to just, uh, she talked about legacy media. Look, they do enough uh, Kool-Aid sipping for Joe Biden. We want to, we're not doing Kool-Aid sipping on the other side. We're just simply bringing you the facts as to what all of this means. We're back in a moment. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, time for the last sip. Okay, uh, by, let's see. Joe Biden is president-elect. Actually, maybe he's not. Um, here's why. Because the media doesn't... Cor uh, the, what am I trying to say? The media doesn't bestow the honor on Joe Biden. That comes from Secretary of State until those results are certified. We've been talking about it all show. But, you know, let's give them a little props. How about some, uh, some Matt Sound? is a big COVID-infested party, I have a feeling. I, look, I don't want any of them to get COVID, but uh, can we have a little social distancing? Oh, never mind. It's Joe Biden, and he is now president-elect, so forget COVID. Oh, it's the BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement. No, knock yourself out, forget COVID, just wear a mask, but be right next to someone. Who the heck cares? Uh, that's pretty much the way it is. And how about the media? They, they've been a piece of work, haven't they? Uh, look at these uh, headlines, and, and there's tons of them. We put them up slow. That's the Washington Post. Biden defeats Trump. Chicago Tri Tribune. And they look, at just keep going. A time to heal. Los Angeles Times, Biden wins. That's creative. And the New York Times, Biden beats Trump. Well, there they are, the media headlines. And uh, what, what are you going to say? I mean, the bottom line is uh, the media has decided that Joe Biden is president-elect. But just remember, there are lawsuits to be had. And can I just say real quick, I'm just going to say it. Yeah, three words. I have to think sometimes. Journalism is dead. Journalism is dead. That's actually six words because I repeated it. And why do I say that? Folks, look, in Bush Gore 2020, as I was talking about earlier with Rick Klein, there was this whole narrative in the media. I lived it. I know. I was a little younger than I am today, but I remember it. And they were talking about how 
it all it all hangs in the balance. We're not quite sure what's going to happen exactly because uh, President or excuse me, Al Gore hasn't conceded. Well, Donald Trump hasn't conceded either. Uh, Al Gore said he wanted every vote counted. Donald Trump says he wants every vote counted. What has changed? Here's what's changed. Journalism is dead in America. Uh, journalists are now on an agenda-seeking mission, and that's the problem in today's day and age. That's why our show is so kind of cool. All right, back in a moment. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. All right, so you know, there was like this gathering at the White House uh, over the weekend, you know, the Biden folks, yippee, we won. Well, let's see if they won. But anyhow, they won, right? And then I realized, hey, wait a minute, maybe they're not celebrating Biden. Maybe they're just celebrating the fact that COVID is over because I didn't see anybody with a mask out there. Anyhow, let's bring in Nick Balassi, our Just the New Senior uh, Reporter uh, Correspondent. Call you what I, I'm sure you've been called worse. Nick, good to see you, sir. <laughs> nice to see you, David. All right, so what are you working on over there? Because I, I, were they having like a COVID celebration that it was over? Because what happened to the masks? What happened to all of that? Yeah, I mean, we saw in major cities over the weekend, New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., we saw massive crowds in the streets celebrating the projected victory for Joe Biden, the media projecting that he won Pennsylvania, which uh, put him over the 270 in the projections. Crowds were were all over in major cities. And you have to wonder what's going on because the pandemic was a huge thing for the Democrats. They were saying we need to have all these restrictions on large gatherings. We need to be wearing masks in public. All kinds of events are canceled in major cities for months and months. And then there they are in the streets, Biden supporters celebrating. A lot of them I saw on video without masks. Some There were a good amount with masks, but there was you could spot people in the crowd without them. And of course, you can't really social distance uh, when you're in these huge crowds uh, packed into streets. So uh, Biden should really comment on this. He hasn't. He's been pretty quiet. Uh, so I'd like to see some reporters in the pool, because right now only the pool is following him around. Uh, the pool reporters ask him about this. Isn't it a contradiction? This is the guy, the Joe Biden, who called President Trump's campaign rallies uh, super spreader events. Yeah. So someone has to ask him, is this a contradiction? Your supporters out in the streets by the thousands celebrating. Yeah. So uh, hypocrisy, uh, not not shocking. Uh, Nick, I really appreciate it. We can find your uh, reporting on justthenews.com, obviously, right? Yep. Justthenews.com. You can find the videos, the original videos and reporting there. Very nice. All right. Nick Balassi, great. Next stop for you, TikTok, I've decided. Well, maybe not. Don't watch the Chinese. They, know, they might have your stuff. All right. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Yeah, Nick with the tie look today, which is very impressive. Uh, normally, it's kind of the open collar, and I'm like, Nick, you got to go to the tie. He's like, why do I have to go to the No, we didn't really have that conversation. That's all made up. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, Congressman Paul uh, Gosar and Jenna Ellis from the Trump campaign.